Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nishanda Shines. Welcome back to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. Not just another edition of Try Beginner's Luck, but more like the second anniversary of Try Beginner's Luck. Whoop, whoop, yay, and the crowd is going wild. Yes, well, I'm not alone this, well, I'm never not alone, but I have two incredible women with me who are pretty much the backbone of the podcast. And so I figured it's our second anniversary Going into our second year, we're going to be doing some things different. And when I tell you, we meet quite frequently and I am always just in awe of their candor. And I'm like, dad, they're quick. Like I thought I was quick, but they are quick with it. They're they're fiery with their words. They're creative. They're leaders. They are everything. They are all that in a bag of chips. They are the women who help to keep me sane. They lift me up when I am having some crazy moments, which I've had a lot of crazy moments in the last two years. So they could write a book about me probably, but I hope they wouldn't because that would be trife. But <laughs> but most importantly, they are women who try, they go long, they are strong, and they are Maria Simone and Sarah Truitt. Welcome to the podcast. Like, in the front of the podcast versus behind the podcast or being the dot. So we have this joke about being the dot. Maria is the dot. Usually when we record, we get to see the dot today. Hey, 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 dot, hey. Hey. <laughs> in front of the podcast instead of behind it. In front instead of behind. In Where we front. both always prefer to be. <laughs> This is exactly how I feel when I take pictures of other people and then they turn their cameras around on me. I'm like, no, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, take a picture. And you're like, it's like, what? <laughs> well, I love it. So when you are hearing, um, I don't know. I just feel like they are the two. They're so witty and hilarious that I just had to bring them out. And I feel like they have a lot of good things to say and a lot to add to conversation. So what this will look like is when we're having our team meeting afterwards, we're going to start doing little quick snippets, right? And then we're going to post them on YouTube. So you have to subscribe to our YouTube channel in order to get these behind the scenes um, little additives where we may be talking about what's hot and try, some hot topics, news and triathlon, multi-sport, or just in sport gen in general, we will be talking about everything. So nothing is off limits. You may want to hide your kids while you're listening to these episodes because I can't promise <laughs> you that something may not come off their mouths. I can't promise you. I'm just going to let you know ahead of time that we might have to put like a little E by it because, you know, it is what it is. And um, but most importantly, I think you're going to have a good time and love it. And we're rolling out some new things and one of the things I think sometimes is you have to start where you are. And maybe that's just what we can talk about. Well, no, let's back up. Well, let's just introduce who you are to the audience because I've talked about you and I've shared some of your story, but I haven't shared all of your story. So we'll start with you, Maria. So Maria, tell us a little bit about who you are. 
Okay. I definitely deer in the headlights right now. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. I don't, you know, I didn't realize we were going to get that deep here tonight. Like, you know, looking at these existential questions of like, who am I really inside? Um, I don't know. But for the purposes of this podcast, I am an endurance athlete. As you said, I'm also an endurance coach. Uh, My business is No Limits Endurance Coaching. And uh, as you said, I like to go long myself personally. Uh, So uh, yeah, I, that's, <laughs> that's all I got to say about me. Unless you, you, we got to pull more out, I guess. Tell you, you see the traumas you want to unload any hot takes. <laughs> Listen, best practices for sh- changing on the go. <laughs> yes. Always make sure you have Clorox wipes in your car because that will always enable that you are fresh and clean. And disinfected (laughs) more on that later um cool thank you and I hate that question too like so tell us who you are I know it's like oh my god I don't know what to pick like uh, I'm just I know I know all right Sarah it's your turn um uh oh but now I feel like Maria (laughs) Um, well, Mashanda, I know from the Tri World, um, in DC, and I, I wouldn't say necessarily that I like to go long. I would say I have liked to see if I can go long, and then I have discovered that I can, and I don't know if I need to do that very often. Um, trying to like rediscover who I am, I guess, probably as like an athlete. Um, I'm a sports and lifestyle photographer. And yeah, yeah, I haven't been honestly, I haven't done try try in like over a year. So that feels kind of like far away, but I was thinking this, this might be the year of the comeback. We'll see if I race it all this year, I think it'll be a try. And this year, meaning upcoming 2024. Yeah. I think of, I think of years and school years. So the 23, 24 mm-hmm. school year. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, oh, you, you gotta fall the rest of the world doesn't operate like that. Right. I'm like, oh, what fall race are you doing? I know you was doing no. a race this year. <laughs> well, there it is. Meet Sarah, the lifestyle and sports photographer who also helps to educate our children because they are the future. And Maria, who is <laughs> educating <laughs> adults. <laughs> oh, that too. Educating adults. Um, who educates adults who like to push their limits because there are no limits. Hashtag no limits endurance I like that I like that little you can fit it in anywhere yeah I love there's it. no limits there's no it. limits to it how many cookies can I have today there are no limits there's yeah. no limits, there are no, limits. <laughs> no shots Mm-mm. any shots no limits Mm-mm. no limits no limits Mm-mm. what else I mean there, there could be doing? some limits to that <laughs> just <the> you <laughs> you find out <laughs> how many miles can you ride today no limits. Okay. How many pictures can you take today? Ooh, there should be limits, but I usually <laughs> don't follow them. <laughs> the goal that is shot count gets out of control real fast. <laughs> cool. So what was your summer like? I want to just, this is just us talking. We're unloading about our summer, um, which everyone seems to have had a, had a really good summer this summer, very busy and full summer. 
So let's just wrap about our summer and then we'll get into some other good stuff. Um, I sold my house this summer, which um, was really exciting because I wanted to to move back into the city. But I think managing doing that and the rest of life has been a lot. So Mashanda, you and I were just talking before this and at a workout over like last weekend, I think at that point training, I was supposed to be training for the New York city marathon. And I just, I've like looked forward to the New York city marathon for years. And I've had this entry that I just keep deferring. And then this was the year. And then with selling my house and all the things going on training for, it just felt like one more thing I had to do. Um, so I have chosen, um, to just not do it. Cause I don't want to, <laughs> um, had people ask me, they're like, why aren't you doing it? Like what happened? What's wrong? I was like, nothing's wrong. I just don't want to. Yeah. Um, and the harder I tried to convince myself that I wanted to, the more I was like, no. And the funny thing I joke about friends when they complain about workouts all the time, I was like, no one's making you do this. Like, <laughs> except for you. And then I had to finally tell myself, I'm like, nobody is making me do this. And I, I'm not gonna. So <laughs> Yeah. I actually had the same, like Sarah was saying, we had this conversation and I was supposed to be doing North Carolina 70.3. Well, first of all, I didn't register for it in time and it sold out. And so I thought I could maybe do it. And I was like, okay, well, fine. When I get back uh, from vacation this summer, I'll register and make it happen. And I was like, why am I making this happen? I came back from Wyoming after I think it was Chicago age group nationals in Milwaukee and then Wyoming. And I came back and said, wait a minute. I have not just had time to be normal and to just be and to enjoy the city. Like I came from one transition of working at QVC where I was traveling for two hours on the way and then coming back two hours is four hours round trip. And I was just like, I want a life. I want to be able to know what happy hour is like. I want to know what just going on a random bike ride, like the people who get to ride and sit down and have beers or coffee. And just enjoy a ride versus having to ride for time or speed. And um, I came back and was like, you know what? I'm not doing it. And I'm only going to do what brings me joy. And so um, I'm working on what my strengths, I'm working on my weaker legs of the sport. And so I have a race coming up with, um, I'm doing a 10K just for fun, just for fun. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it like to just run for fun? So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing a 10K with uh, Team Ultra, the shoe company. So uh, I'm running with them uh, for Marine Corps. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. I like doing like just regular workouts for fun or races for fun. The problem is with like marathons and Ironmans and the longer ones, like I'm a hardcore, like got to get my green checks on training peaks. Got to like stick to my plan. And if I can't do it the right way with a distance like that, I don't want to do it. So like I'll kind of like... I just had to cut what I was going to say because it was going to definitely immediately trigger us to, to that E. <laughs> wow. um, I don't want to mess around. Um, <laughs> and and gotcha. like be out there struggling and not enjoying it. Like it's already can be so painful on its own. If I'm in a race, I want to be able to like go into it confidently. So yeah, but Maria's been crushing it though. Mm-hmm. She's been crushing it. Tell us about your racing for the season or for the summer. Yeah, summers when you are a coach are busy. So like while the rest of the world is ramps down a little bit in the summer, that means they're all racing. So super busy. 
but um, I was able to get in some fun races this summer. So I'm bringing the party down. I, I did race and train. So sorry. <laughs> you look good doing it though. And like you had fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Running is always fun for me. So that's never a not, not a fun thing. Um, but yeah, I actually started off the summer doing well, summer in the spring, I did some longer races, but then like once the summer came, because I'm so busy with work, it's hard to commit to travel outside of what I'm doing for work. So I did some five K's and 10 K's locally, which was a lot of fun. And then recently I just did a 50 miler, which was super fun. Um, really had a lot of felt like myself again. So I guess, um, most people listening to this don't know. I am the old woman in the group, grandma. So grandma dot. <laughs> grandma dot. And uh grandma dot is getting used to being grandma. So um you know I was like good... faster than us, further than us, right? More than us. <laughs> but calling herself the grandma. Clearly. But it felt it felt good to kind of feel like myself again. So that was that was super enjoyable for me. And now uh I am pacing a friend next week for Moab 240, which will be fun. Actually, one of my athletes and friend that I coach. So we'll be doing that. And I pace somebody else for Mogollon 100, which if you've never been to the Mogollon Rim in Arizona, you should totally go because the Grand Canyon and Zion had a baby and it's the Mogollon Rim and it's super cool. Um, that's what, I keep describing it like that because I don't know how else to describe it. Like it is really a unique place but an absolutely grueling race. So um, that was enjoyable too. I do like, I do like tough adverse things. So I kind of thrive in shitty. Con- oh, there it goes. Yeah, I just thought it wasn't me first. Done. <laughs> done. Put that E on. All right, hands We're open. Done. Let's go. Let it rip. <laughs> I thrive yeah. in those kinds of things. I like it. I like it when it's a little snotty and rough. So even though it's hard. But yeah, my summer's been a lot of fun. Busy, super busy. I think that's so cool because this summer you're having a summer where you're getting back to feeling like yourself. Whereas last year, Sarah and I was, you know, training and doing stuff. And so I think, I think this is a good point to talk about. There are going to be seasons where you're going to have great seasons and you train all the way through and you're feeling like yourself. And then you're going to have seasons where you may want to pump the brakes so that you can still remember why you love doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's okay too. Um, what advice would you have for like someone who is on the brim of wanting to give up because they feel like they're in a unique sticky place? Like, what would you guys say to do to get out of that sticky place to want to continue to do sport? I think Sarah's story really, yeah, sorry if I cut you off, but like Sarah's saying like people are asking like, what's wrong? Why don't you want to do this? I think one of the, the things I see a lot with people I coach is that peer pressure is real and it's legit. Um, and think finding the confidence in yourself not to give into it is really important because what happens, you know, if all your friends are doing X and like inside you're like, I just really have zero interest in this thing, but all your friends are pushing you and pushing you. I think you really need to summon the confidence inside of yourself to say, this is not, what I'm interested in right now, just like Sarah has done. This is not what I'm interested in doing. And realizing that just because you're not doing it now doesn't mean you won't do it ever again. Um, so I'm 50 and have been doing, you know, pretty much a lifelong athlete, except for 
you know, brief stint in the twenties where life was not quite as healthy as it could have been. Uh, <laughs> you know, diversifying. Uh, what's that? You're diversifying your interests and I was diversifying my interests mm-hmm. for a portion of my twenties where things are not quite. I would not call myself an athlete during that time. But anyway, all that is to say, I've invented and reinvented my athletic identity many times. And so like, sometimes you're a triathlete, sometimes you're a runner, sometimes you're a swimmer, sometimes you're a hiker, sometimes you're a rester, (laughs) you're just resting for the season or whatever. Um, And I think, you know, I think it really comes down to kind of having the confidence in yourself that it's okay to sit there. Um, I also think it's important though, to keep a touchstone on movement if it's something you're interested in, because it, it is easy to fall out of habits. So if you keep a little bit of movement in your life, when you're ready to return, I do think to structure training, that is to the green boxes, to all that kind of stuff, your body's ready for it. Um, But I do think trying to resist the peer pressure to do the things everyone else is doing. And if your friends are all doing a race and you want to be a part of it, go volunteer. Our Mm -hmm. race directors need you desperately to volunteer. So those are like, I mean, some quick things that I would say, have some confidence, find ways to still enjoy movement, that may have nothing to do with swim, bike, or run. And then if you want to be a part of the race community, you can still do it and volunteer, be your friend Sherpa, be a pacer, be whatever. And I think it's, those are some, those are some things off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. I think that's totally solid. Um, And you hit some key things that peer pressure. We, I don't think we've talked about peer pressure enough and how some peer pressure is good, but some peer pressure can be very toxic. Mm -hmm. And I think we should, dive into that but the inventing and reinventing ourselves I think that's cool because I'm reinventing what it's like for me like this isn't a hobby it's a lifestyle and so with lifestyles you have to you have to come and go and bob and weave with like you said a runner you're maybe a cyclist for a season so I really appreciate that so thank you for for offering that Maria Yeah, I think the your point about peer pressure is a good one. Um, especially like it's so great to find community in sports, but it really can be like you just start feeling, especially I think with distances, like because it can kind of be the great equalizer of like, well, I might not be as fast as that person, but I can go do a marathon. Um, I've had that conversation with a couple people who are like, I just don't know if I want to do it. I'm like, don't. <laughs> if you yeah. don't want to do it, don't like marathons are awesome but they hurt they're a big commitment they're a lot of work and if you don't want to do it don't um I told myself I didn't like them enough that I would want to do any except for the world majors I just like the world majors like the whole spirit of it um I don't really care about the stars so much as just like I love seeing the masses of people um but yeah like, like just because you're in a group that has a whole bunch of people who are training for a marathon like you don't have to do that um so for me it's just kind of always thinking back to of like my like, why am I doing this? Um, I, I like to run, swim, bike and run just for the, like the enjoyment of it and the feeling I get afterwards. Um, and racing, I like to do specific races. So my, my like key point that made me realize I really didn't want to do New York was like, anytime I've struggled through a training cycle, I think about the race and like, oh, race day is going to be so great. Like, I'm going to see all these people. I'm gonna, And then, but thinking about even New York, which is like one of so many people's favorite races, even thinking about that race, which I've spectated, I was like, I just don't care. And that, that was like my, my clue. Like, I don't need, like you, the, 
the goalposts at the end usually can pull me through. And I was like, I don't even care about the goalposts at this point. So just taking a step back. And it's like all things. It's like when you get injured, you never want to work out more than when you're injured and can't. It's like if I if I take a, a little bit of a break from how I've been doing this, I'll I'll miss it and I'll come back. And come back stronger and better. Find your why, find your joy. I think, you know, when you find your why, you can find the joy of why you do it. And that also helps too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I like how Maria's just staring right in the camera like. <laughs> just coaching us with her eyes. Right. She's coaching us with her eyes like. I'm just being that. creepy. You better just not being creepy. It. What? 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 <laughs> really good at creepiness. <laughs> you are. <laughs> You are good at creepy. So what is, what else fun and exciting happened this summer? Um, did you meet any cool people? Did you do any cool things outside of sport? Go any cool places? Yes, sport is my life. <laughs> of course, of course for you. <laughs> so no, I did nothing cool outside of it, but um, I have fun with it, with sport. I actually hosted a run camp out of my house for the first time. So that was super fun. That is a bunch bold. of sea life. Yeah, yeah. There, there were six people, and uh, I took uh, a bunch of sea level people up their first 14 or ever, which is always my favorite thing. I love like kind of showing people how to hike. And then I also, when I was in Lake Placid, I took a, a group of people uh, that I coach up Mount Marcy, which is the tallest mountain in the Adirondacks. So I guess I'm sharing things. I guess it's still sport related, but not race related. So I'm trying yeah. to stick with the spirit of your question without but I really don't have anything super interesting outside of that kind of stuff but yeah I feel like you so nicely saying like your favorite thing is to teach people how to hike but really like is it just fun to watch sea level people struggle as they get like I feel like that's the real enjoyment I think most coaches have that like little bit of masochistic side to them you know like you're running a practice and you're just watching people like puke at the end of like repeats and you're like yeah that's good it's like, a good workout I, I like it <laughs> i know that i like that you know or when i'm reading comments and training peaks and people are like yeah puke zone i'm like oh cool that's good or if it's like a long workout where it's really not a puke zone kind of thing it's like oh my god it was that was sore i was hurting i'm like yeah like i just like that like even as an athlete i just like that like leaning into the discomfort is like when I did that 50 mile race, I, you know, I have my athletes, they do like little planners and goals and I did it for myself. And like, my primary goal was like, I just wanted to lean into the pain and just stick with it and be with it. And I feel like I did. So it was fun. Hmm. So what tips everyone has just... now turned off the podcast. Cause like, right. that woman has a problem. This is weird. This just got weird. <laughs> but maybe in another time you'll tell us what it's what it means to lean into the pain because I don't think a lot of people know what it what that means what it feels like or what sensation what kind of sensation it is we don't have to go into it today but at some point mm -hmm. I want to talk about leaning into yeah. the pain. Uh, you've had some fun topic. travel. You said what? It's my fun my favorite topic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sarah, you've had some fun travel. Uh, yeah, I did some like family and friend travels this summer. Um, I was so bummed to miss Placid. That's like my favorite event. It just lined up um, with a like an extended family vacation we had planned for a while, but I have a feeling I'll be back next year. Um, because I'm skipping New York, I planned a Euro trip instead. So I will not be in New York. I'll be in Amsterdam for a long weekend. <laughs> 
Um, and then I shot a bunch of really cool things this summer. Um, my favorite was I did a charity boxing match. So like sport, but different sport. Um, and that was a lot of fun. It was cool. It was like average people doing it for charity, but they've trained for, for months for that. Um, so that was really cool to, to see. Um, yeah, took a bunch of pictures, made my way around. Yeah. I love it. So I actually, um, probably three weeks that really rocked my world was being in Chicago and, um, going to some crit races in Chicago and really being around that. Like I really, really, really enjoyed crit racing. And so was able to go there and hang out, um, for their crit race. Then I went to age group nationals, which was really cool because this year at age group nationals, they had the PTO open. And so that meant the professionals were racing and you know how we think that professionals have it all together and, but they don't, some, some of them really don't. And it was funny to see how this one person was about to take off their helmet before, um, when they were at the dismount and I'm like, no. And it was just like, just little things. So it was really cool to see how, you know, professionals, they make the mistakes too, that we as age groupers make. And it's okay. Cause each race get a time to learn, but I got to meet some of my, um, some of my favorites mm -hmm. and, uh, I'll save one of them. I'll start with the one that's more of an, he's more of a new favorite. Like he's the goat. He's considered the goat. And, uh, to see, Jan Frendino win um, was just really powerful, right? Because he did it so effort. It wasn't effortlessly. Of course, he put some effort in it. But you see, I got to see why he is the GOAT. And then he gave me a lot of compliments. He was like, hey. oh, you're the fly girl that was over. Was like, I'm the fly girl. <laughs> and he said it in front of friends. So I have it, the receipts. So that was just kind of cool. Like he was just like a cool, cool dude. And I got to meet Taylor Nib, and uh, that probably um, many of you know she's a you know local. Well, she's a Washingtonian, and uh, her mom races the local circuits, and she's just like a really awesome person. And to like sit and talk to her and try to get her to body roll, it was hilarious. I was like, "Come on, Taylor, let's do it, let's do it, Tay Tay." And she was like, "Oh, okay, no." So it was really fun. Um, and, uh, then I went to Wyoming and that's where I think I made the decision once just being out there and letting nature talk to me. I've never been to Wyoming before and, uh, it was beautiful. And I see why it's important for us to, you know, get around in our country. Like there's some really beautiful spots in the country that we don't, that don't get the hype that it deserves, but I was just wild. Like, I was like, is this to the United States? Am I, is this real? So it was really cool to uh, to do that. So that's kind of my highlights of the summer. Oh, and also seeing Jason West come back to second place. That was really cool. Just being able to see a pro race. I've never seen a triathlon pro race in person. So that was pretty much, you know, just highlights. Seeing, um, what's my homegirl's name? Um, Sarah True. Well, your namesake, Sarah, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> and who else? I'm always talking about her behind camera. Her mom, I got to hang out with her mom because her mom works for PTO. I see her. I see it. Red hair. 
Canadian. Um, Paula Finley? Yes, Paula Findlay. Couldn't think of her name, but uh, she just recently won Augusta. Um, so that was cool to, for her to win my hometown, but her mom is hilarious. You hear me? Like <laughs> absolutely hilarious. And I'm like, I cannot wait to have you and your daughter on the show together mm-hmm. because she's like, is that my favorite? No. <laughs> so she's funny. So hilarious. So yeah. Um, we talked about our summers. We gave intros. Um, What's bursting at the seams to talk about? Any hot topics, any juicy stuff that's happening? In the triathlon world? Or just in the world in general? Well, I mean, there's a lot of juicy stuff happening in DC <laughs> right now. Ah, but I don't think we should get political because that would not go well. <laughs> well, you know, being in the political capital of, you know, yeah. essentially the world, our city is either up or down depending on what's happening on the hill. So, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> so I have a few thoughts on this. So the question was, what else is bursting at the seams, right? So yeah. for me, one thing that's bursting at the seams right now is, you know, the world championship in Kona, but even beyond that, the Ironman world championships having two days mm-hmm. um, for, I know there's a lot of people who are unhappy about it or don't really support the choice, but I would like to throw just some thoughts in because, you know, I thought Nice was a really spectacular event. That course looks amazing. Um, I cannot wait to be there next year to support my athletes who will be racing there. And our assistant head coach is going to be racing there. So I'm really excited to go next year um, because that course looks off the hook. So, I, I mean, I have some thoughts. I feel like, you know, back when I was racing competitively, in Ironman and trying to get to Kona and world championships and all that kind of stuff. You know, the starting line at Kona was 75% men, 25% women, mm-hmm. sometimes worse, sometimes 78, 20, 22, you know, but it's always somewhere in and around there, you know, three quarters of the race is men and one quarter is women. And that's not because there aren't women interested in racing. Um, it's because there was limited slots on the pier or whatever that excuse was, Um, you know, we finally got equal slots for women, professional female women, which is amazing professional female women last year, you know, and women had their own day, which I thought was amazing because you really saw how spectacular that pro female race can be when they're not interrupted by age group men screwing around with their bike, with their, with their bike performance. So I think we really saw what is spectacular about professional female sports. The other piece of this is, I mean, there is equality in spots when you have two days. So I understand people want to race in Kona, but a true world championship should rotate locations, right? Because Kona is always going to benefit a certain athlete who can handle those conditions and that course. But another thing we saw over COVID when the world championships got shifted into St. George, different players got to play, right? Because St. George is a very different kind of course. So different players got to play. So I think it's fair for the professionals for it to rotate from location to location. And I think it's fair for equity and inclusion because now there are equal spots in the pro ranks and in age group ranks to get into the world championship race. So because there are more slots all around, it does change the nature of 
how we how we fill those those particular spots. But for years, I would go to roll down, be on the podium in my age group, but not get a slot because there's only one or two slots in the age group. While I watched on the male side, the slots roll down because they had so many slots in the popular age group that that you know outside of the top three to four, nobody wanted them, but the age group would have seven to eight. So I would watch it roll all the way down, but where was the outcry then, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone's pissed off right now because slats are rolling down for females, but where was the outcry when this was happening for years? Like I would watch men who I actually beat, beat in time, get a roll down slot. And I didn't like how, like, so yeah. where, where was the outcry? Cause I mean, I had a lot of outcry for that, <laughs> but where was the outcry for that? So, I mean, again, I don't, you know, I, you can edit out whatever seems too, too political, but I, my big vote for the two days is it's fair because switching locations allows different kinds of athletes to shine, which is a professional, you should ultimately want that. Um, and in the age group ranks, there's equality now there's equal slots. It's great. It's absolutely fantastic. So that we can inspire more women to participate at this distance because it is hella unequal. It, in that's all folks (laughs) but anyway that's what's burning that's my burning thing i want to talk about um and you know i think for the people who are taking it upon themselves to slide into women's dms to harass them please stop um two of the women on my team have reported being harassed in their dms on social media um being told they don't deserve their spot they're not real athletes blah 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 please stop. If you don't have something nice to say, just keep it to yourself. Um, And I think those kinds of comments reflect more on the people making those comments than it does on the people you're commenting on. So please stop harassing women. We would really appreciate it. You you know, I wonder if there's some type of code of ethics that can be like when people are harassed from those in sport, if they can be sent in and get suspended or something. Is that a thing or no? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I did advise both of my athletes to block and report the people um, because they weren't being left alone. Um, but I don't know yeah. what sort of jurisdiction like USA Triathlon could or would or Ironman could or would take over that. I, I really don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. That's pretty sad that people will do that. But I mean, sometimes people feel they have the authority and entitlement to say things that they don't need to say. And I think in terms of the inclusion and being equitable, this is just maybe a few steps in the right direction, right? That give people that opportunity. I think, you know, the sport as a sport grows, then everything else needs to grow. Uh, More diversity, you know, being equitable, inclusive and giving people the opportunity. And you're right, you know, I only can speak from what I hear, but you know, when you're reading these, what is it called? When you're reading the, the Instagram and some of the blogs out there and they're saying how, you know, they know what to expect if they're going to Kona year after year. So where is the knowledge of the course and really being able to be on a different home turf? Like, cause it can be a home turf if you've been there over one, once or twice. And so I guess that allows that opportunity so that people can have their time to shine. So that's a good point. Sarah, you were, um, when we were having a little break, you were talking about something 
else that's in the news, but it's more in the running space with Boston, how some of the same things are happening. Yeah, people have just apparently, and again, this is all gathered from, you know, the social medias and the interwebs, but um, people have been complaining that I guess they seem to think that it's easier to qualify for Boston as it is as a woman than it is for a man. And I, I don't mm. want to spit out false data, so I don't want to, I'm not going to report any, but from what I've seen and seen people reporting, that tends to not actually be the case. Um, when you look at the numbers of proportionality of who's qualifying and kind of yeah. like they break that down into to um, gender. Um, I think something that's also been coming up in that space too is just the idea of this like stupid time gap that Boston posts. <laughs> um, I understand it from like putting on a race perspective. If we got a lot of people qualifying and it's not, you're not safe or prepared to do the race with the people who qualify but I think the idea of having a qualifying time and then people run the qualifying time and then they don't actually qualify because now we're buffering the time based on the numbers is just whack <laughs> for lack of a better I think they're being able to capitalize on like f- filling their the the amount that they can safely put on every year because they can just decide well we've had too many so now we'll just cut people um coming from the triathlon world like it's nice to know that like while the process for qualifying for world championships is can be a pain and like especially when the spots were inequitable at least it's like place-based where like it you like the people who are there have qualified based on like like the times are ordered right like you're not it's not like you have to compete and finish an Ironman in under 14 hours and then all these people do that and no just kidding sorry now we can't fit you all it had to be 13 and a half so like that process, at least like you're, you're getting what they say you're getting. Yeah. So, And I think that's the difference in what I like uh, that those who are going to world championships, despite how they got there, they still get the same amount of time they would get if they were going to any other race. So it's still the same amount of time. So that's pretty cool. Well, all right, ladies. Maria looks worried now. I, I read expressions and I'm like, no, I was trying to look up. Really quick. <laughs> I was trying to look up really quick what the what the gender gap might be at Boston. And again, I don't want to. I, I I can't vet the source I'm looking at in the three minutes we're on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But apparent one site is reporting that it was 43 percent female in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and I, you know. I don't know, that doesn't definitively prove it is or isn't easier for women to qualify, but it still demonstrates that there, there is a gender gap on the starting line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think New York is site saying that New York was 45%, Chicago is 50-50. Um, so some races do better than others. And like, for example, there's one race out here in Colorado, it's a ultra marathon, high lonesome 100, and it's a lottery based race, but in the lottery, they guarantee through the lottery, they guarantee that 50% of the starters will be men and 50% of the starters will be women. So when, because in ultra running, ultra running has a very similar issue to Ironman. There's very, there's much less women on the starting line than, than men. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, a lot of people in this world are like, well, what do we do about that? And I think we have a very, an even more significant problem when we look at people of color, right? Like in, and in getting people of color on starting lines and introducing sport and making it a sustainable piece of, of, of life. Right. So um, that doesn't even get into this. I'm, I'm really, 
going on my even, soapbox now. Even so worse, how far you want me to go here? Yeah, but yeah, you know what I'm, yeah. Ultra marathoning, yeah. like <laughs> you want to find a yeah. a group of white people guaranteed, go to an ultra race. <laughs> like it's just... that's a great place to find a group of white people. It's true. A group of white people will always be in an ultra marathon. It's true. And they've gotten a lot of backlash for it and not talk about a yeah. community that has not done a whole lot, at least from what I have seen. Yeah. I'm not yeah. into the ultra world, so I, I really only see kind of like what what's online and what people report. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It seems to kind of be the last what the last train to arrive at the station. Mm-hmm. So you said something, Maria, and I was thinking about maybe the thing is women are just getting better. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I mean, think about uh what's her name? <laughs> to just Asifa? To just Asifa who just won the Boston, I mean Berlin Marathon, mm-hmm. who broke the world record at two hours and 11 minutes I think mm-hmm. it was so we're getting better and so and then there's more women on the world in the world than men so people need to just chill out like I'm here for equality across the board you know I'm here for it I like all women's races I like being it mm-hmm. mixed gender races like I, I love all of it but I think oh. in terms of men being upset I think they should just probably pipe down because it's time. And at some point, the tables have to turn. If something is top heavy for so long, then how's the bottom? How's it growing? How's the sport growing? Right. And so mm-hmm. I think the time is just now more women have the luxury or they can, it's accessible to them because they have partners or, you know, they have people who can watch their kids. Like women have a lot of different, um, I think, more challenges coming into sport, especially doing the endurance races, because they have to consider more options. Now, there are some mm-hmm. men who are single fathers who choose to do this race and are able to do it, but at the same time, they still have a different type of support system. And so I think, you know, just women, mm-hmm. we have to consider a lot more um, and maybe women are just getting better. So that's why they have more, they're coming back and getting their percentage. Mm-hmm. Bam. And I think, you know, we're also getting a little bit more attention and representation which matters right like so if you don't see somebody who looks like you doing a thing it's not like you're never going to do the thing it just greatly reduces the chances that you're going to do the thing because you think it's not for you um you know even if it's something you really want to do and so i think we're all indebted to people who were role models for us no matter what regardless of your gender your ethnicity your color whatever it's we're we're indebted to people who became role models for us you know and it's not like you can't have as a female you can't have a male role model and vice versa you obviously you can i mean you know in the ultra world right now courtney DeWalter is everybody's role model yeah a girl you want to talk about the goat man she is the goat so and it's funny i was running track i went to the my local track and, there, and I, you know, just to do a workout and there was a young woman there, maybe like college age and uh, at the risk of being like grandma, cause you know, everyone looks like they're 10, <laughs> but I I'm, I'm confident she was a young woman uh, of college age and she was running track repeats. And she said something like about Courtney DeWalter and like, I, you know, I'm trying to train like Courtney DeWalter and I'm like, how freaking cool is that? Like this, this, this young woman is like seeing seeing somebody who resonates with her. And I think that that role models matter a lot, which is, I think, Mashanda, a kudos to you because you've done over 
the last several seasons of the show, you've done well to bring people to the spotlight who don't get that attention. And I think that's really important because they deserve the attention just like everybody else um, for a variety of different reasons, you know, and kind of shining the spotlight on people that don't always get it so that we can see ourselves in, in other people. So kudos to, to you, Mishanda, for, for finding those people and giving them space. Thank you. I mean, but that's the premise of this show. Like it's yeah. to highlight those who may not get seen, but also those who are seen and just to have be diverse. And I think that's because I come from, I mean, I am the minority. So I understand what it feels like to not be quote unquote seen or to have my voice diminished. And I don't want that for someone else because I believe there's power in what you're saying, representation. Like I think about I came into the sport in 2014 and I remember Ann Wessling, who is an announcer for rock and roll and she's a, she does, you know, commercials and things of that nature, but she's an announcer and um, she was announcing at the time for Philly Try Rock. And I was just like, this woman who's wearing these, uh, she had uh, swim caps as a skirt, real cute, flamboyant, blonde, like just real cute girl, lady, woman, excuse me. And uh, I had an opportunity to see her this year at Rock and Roll in D.C. And I said, thank you. I was like, yes, would it have been awesome to see a woman of color? Great. But it was a woman who was representing it, who was encouraging the crowd. And I was like, if she can do this, then perhaps I can. And perhaps someone sees me. I mean, I have a smaller platform, you know, right now. But maybe someone sees me at a race announcing and be like, man, I can do that, too. So it's like, we got to pay it forward and bust down the doors. And it's usually always a little bit harder for those who are the first to come into something, but I'm just appreciative that I can provide this platform because no one else would have done it. And maybe they would have, but it would have been different. And so I figure, you know, beginners, everybody has a first time story. Everybody has, because you got to start in order to have a story, period. Ooh, are we telling our first time stories? Go Mashana. We this can. is such a good title. You'll never forget your first time. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so I've thought about that so often and I'm like, dad, you'll never forget your first time. So let's talk about your first time. Let's go. Sarah, tell us about your first. My first triathlon? Or whatever you want to tell us about. Because <laughs> you went there. And so I was like, well, let me match her energy. I'm just like... Um, mine was really fun. Um, my dad got into triathlons when, um, in like 2008, um, as like my brother left for school and then I left for school and like going through like those, like the transitions of life, um, found triathlon. And so then, um, we did a family relay where my brother was a swimmer in, in high school and my dad rode his bike and I ran. Um, we did a relay and I got into it because my dad got into it. So actually my very first was a sprint, the rumpus and bumpus with kinetic. Um, so I trained my sophomore year of college for that. Um, and those were the days I was like 2009. So then those were also the days when like rev three had a really, really great circuit, um, especially on the East coast. And you got to race like really with the pros. So like I met like Marinda Carfrey when like early back in those days, like, cause you're just, you're right there with them. They had like, it was a great setup. 
Um, and it was just, I mean, it's like everyone's story. You go to watch, it's contagious. You want to do it yourself. So like I went, I surprised my dad for Father's Day. I watched him do it. And I was like, this guy can do this now at this point in his age. Like I can do it. I'm like, you know, like a cocky 19 year old. I was like, oh, I can do it. <laughs> So watching him led me to my sprint. We got, we did like the family relay for a half, a half rev, they called it. Um, and yeah, just kind of caught, caught the bug too. Cause then you like, you get the community, you get the friends, you get, you build the consistency or like, it, like you said, it becomes a lifestyle. So yeah. um, thought I was going to die on the swim. I think that's probably most people's first, first time story is this. Like if I just make it out of this water alive, I can drag myself through the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, we'll probably hear more about your first time too, because we're going to have you back on uh, for something that we're doing, which I'm going to talk more about. Might as well just say it now before Maria goes, but this season we're highlighting teams and friends. So we'll be able to showcase some teams and friends because it's the end of the season. And I want people to understand like just how important community is. And Mm -hmm. so we're focusing on that. So Sarah is a part of this triplet little situation. And so we'll have them on, don't worry. Okay, Maria. Yeah, so I am a lifelong runner turned triathlete. So I had been running some marathons and had like a little injury, not terrible, but enough that like I couldn't really run. And I remember having a conversation with my husband being like, what am I gonna do? Like, I can't run. And he's like, well, why don't you go swim? And I responded with my face in the water. so yes with your face in the water so you know I was a big bad marathon runner like how hard could this swimming thing be I grew up on the beach I could swim to save my life like doggy paddle kind of thing so I'm like how much harder could it be like I mean really so I went to I went to Dick's or whatever sporting goods store and you know how like they always sell like the huge goggles in there like they don't really sell like the small ones so I had like these huge goggles that like covered half my face went to the pool and swam 25 yards and was holding onto the wall for dear life. Like, oh my God. But, you know, I was sort of like, well, I got to figure this out. Like, I can't, I can't, you know, I got to figure this out. I got to figure out how to swim. So figured out the swim, figured out the swim piece of it enough to Sarah's point to feel like I could survive the swim. Uh, I bought a bike from, I'm a five foot three woman. I bought a bike from a woman who was five foot seven, maybe. So the bike was definitely a bit on the big side. Um, but it was only like 200 bucks. So like bonus, (laughs) you know, I figured it would work, uh, showed up at the race, got kicked within the first five seconds of the swim. So swam the entire quarter mile with my face out of the water because I was afraid to put it back in because I thought I would get kicked again, survived, survived it, got on the bike, whatever. That was probably like, I barely reached the pedals. So like a little kid with her feet dangling off the seat and then got and then got to the run and I was like, okay, yeah. All right. This is, I, I got this part, but I was so like, I finished that race and I was so uh, pissed. Isn't the right word, but I was like, so like, I need to figure this out. Like I was more like, this was not how it's supposed to go. Like I had fun. I really, I was like pumped when I crossed the finish line, like absolutely hooked, but I was like, I need to figure this out. So that summer I did like 10 sprint triathlons. Cause I was like, and I did them like every weekend. Cause I was like, I need to figure this out. Like I need to, this is like a puzzle. It needs to be put together and figured out. And then that summer, I also went and spectated Ironman Lake Placid because mm. my husband was going to sign up for it. Ooh, I was just there. Like- I was just there. You know, yeah, it'll do it. That's exactly <laughs> right. It'll do it. Uh, so there I was with uh, a couple sprint triathlons under my belt. 
feeling pretty fancy and uh, signing up for an Ironman in the, in the high school gym at Lake Placid because those were the days that you had to sign up in person if you actually wanted to get in the race. And I remember standing in line. I'll show, so this is this is a good part of the story too. It's a little far beyond, but we were standing in line in the high school gym in Lake Placid signing up. And my husband's in one line, I'm in the other. And I had, like, I literally knew nothing other than I just watched this race and I knew what the distances were. Like, and I had done a couple sprints. Like, that's where, that's where I'm at. And the woman at the time said, okay, that's 500 bucks, which I know by today's prices, everyone's like, wow, that's so cheap. But at that time I was like, oh my God. So I looked over my husband, like, do you know how much this costs? And I like, I said it so loud that we're in high school gym. It like echoed and it got real quiet. And then everyone laughed because they thought I was kidding. I was not, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit. I can't believe what this costs. And I was like handing her my debit card. And I like took it back and I was like, we're going to have to do the credit card because there's still this registering and there's no way there's that much money in the bank. So yeah, no. So that's like my first time summer. That's what happened. So then after that, I was all in, all in. All in. I love it. Um, well, people have heard my first time story, but just a big recap. I did a relay and didn't know I was doing the relay. Was in Georgia working at uh, Turner Sports at the time, but was at the CNN building doing some laps. And this lady was like, hey, do you want to swim on my swim team or on my team? Cool, fine. So I've actually had Leslie on and uh, I swam and was like, oh, it was my first time ever open water swimming that day. I, everything was a first time. It was first time being at a triathlon, first time being at a swim meet, doing a relay. And so I absolutely love relays for that matter because that was my first taste. And then I did my first full uh, triathlon on my own in 2014. Philly Tri-Rock, Tri-Rock Philly. So yeah, cool. So there's a couple of different ways you can get into Tri, but the most important thing is that we want you to try. And so whether you do a relay or a friend or family member peer pressures you into doing it, or you see it, get out there and try. And if it's not try, then like get out there and do something that will move your body, that will allow you to, um, Stay healthy. I think that's the most important thing is just to move, stay healthy, keep your joints oiled by movement and breath work and all the good things, uh, because that's important. And we most importantly, we just want to be want you to be here with us longer. So, of course, we feel like triathlon is the way, but you may want to just swim. You may want to just run. You want to just bike, but we prefer if you would just run. Swim bike run or swim run or spike swim run bike run got it <laughs> doesn't matter just try we want you to try because whenever you try beginners like you always win so i feel it's only right if we do a few rapid fire because after this we are going to be in a shorter more condensed version where it's going to be like really quick, but it'd be on YouTube. So you have to get YouTube to get some of the latest and greatest of what's happening. Um, but let's just do it. Sprint Olympic, half distance or full distance. You go first, Maria. As in preference, half sprint, half or full? full. Yeah. <laughs> Double. Olympic. Two. Olympic. Is also good. Yeah. Half marathon if we're talking just running, but triathlon Olympic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Olympic for me as well. Um wetsuit or no wetsuit? Wetsuit. 
I'm no wetsuit. What's everyone else wearing? If it's wetsuit legal, wetsuit. If it's not, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I mean, not placing anyone. Put me in that wetsuit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I have to wear it because of the temperature, sure, but I will prefer. Or if it's protecting us from jellyfish. Oh, Sarah, you would bring mm. that up. Yes. Mm. Yes. If it's protecting us Too from soon, jellyfish. Sarah. Too soon. I didn't go through that to never talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll talk about Did you know they had no jellyfish this year? Oh, I know. And I had to tell myself, just because you have been through something traumatic doesn't mean other people do too. I am happy for them. I am glad for them. I wish we had that too, but I'm glad that they had a positive race experience. Sometimes I just want people to have that experience (laughs) because I I feel like we shouldn't be alone in that. I mean, of course we're not. There are a couple of people in years before us that had that experience, but I feel like by the time it came to 21, it was like, we're taking them all, all of them. Oh, anyway. Um, gels are real food during racing, race nutrition. Depends on the distance. Yeah. I'm a liquid. I like liquid. Yeah. I would have, a couple years ago, I would have said real food. I did a lot of Uncrustables on the bike. Um, but Maryland, I did all liquids on the bike and all gels on the run. And that worked really well. Yeah. Um, high cadence cycling or grinding it out with lower cadence. Hi, Caden. I'm Loki. I know it's not what you're supposed to do. It's very comfortable. As long as you know it's not what you're supposed to do, it's fine. I know, and I try to listening right now. We want to make it clear what's what's the appropriate. To be to be clear, I do high cadence. My nat like I have to focus on it. My natural is just like slog through. Yeah. Yeah. I had to learn that too. I'm a slogger, but I'm I'm a more of a power rider. Cause I'm, you know, but the high cadence is definitely what I like now, but it's nothing wrong. You sh- there is a right way to cycle and we'll talk about that. Let's move on from this. T1 or T2, which is more challenging for you? T1 for me. T1. <laughs> it just complicates everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Wave start. Yeah. Time trial or mass start for swim? I like the rolling start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot more like energetic and like. <laughs> yeah. I think I would just go with mass starts just because we don't do them anymore, but I mean, a few races, but it's just the point. It's of funny. We were just talking about mass starts the other night yeah, and how like. like People think like they're missing out. You are not. Like I have been mauled, attacked, (laughs) black eyed, kicked. Like it is not fun. It's wild. The humanity (laughs) not at its best. Yeah. Yeah. They're in the grocery store. Mass starts in the grocery store. Two worst places to observe humanity. Any start, honestly, as long as you're not having to tread water and the the and wait. But that is the I hate that. Yeah. And pee on the bike or take get up and take a proper pee break. Pee on the bike, hundred percent. I'm a pee on the bike kind of girl. Sarah, you you get off? Mm-hmm. Mm. Not because, there. not because we thought you were down, Sarah. Come on. I, I again, I am not going fast enough for it to matter. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm a chafer, so you know we can't add any extra. Mm, that's real. That's real. Any well, anything extra. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. You have Sarah Truett, Maria Simone, and me, Mashonda Miles. We're so excited that you tuned in for us. I hope you've enjoyed it, our random conversation. This is going to be called 
Um, try beginner's luck unfiltered. Mm-hmm. 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 So unfiltered. So today we were a little bit filtered just because this is for the mass populace that's going on the pod. But on YouTube, you'll be a little bit more unfiltered. So tune into YouTube, go and follow us. Follow us on Instagram, um, Facebook, and anywhere and listen to us on anywhere that there, there is podcast. All right, we're out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.